You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 152. Welcome. This episode is sponsored by 4Athletics, our new sponsor, our new fabulous sponsor. Our new fabulous legging ex- obsession. And tank ex- obsession. I know, you guys are I, really into the tanks. Oh my gosh, they're so soft. Joy and, and I know Sandy love them. I am a broken tanks. record with I these think tanks. they're super, super soft. They're I'm not a big, so... like, fitted shirt person. Oh, you're not. But I still wear them yeah. because they're so soft. They're so soft. You can go to 4Athletics.com, F-O-U-R, athletics.com, and use code G. GGW, and that is going to get you 20% off until June 3rd. Um, so that is ending pretty soon, so you better hurry up and get on there. But after that, it goes down to 10%, so you still get a discount. And the, we've had a couple questions. So the way the site works is all of their clothes are crowdfunded, which means that they sort of they make them in batches, which allows them to take out the middleman of um, having to keep a stock in a warehouse and keeps the prices low. But it does mean that the production, you know, is a couple weeks out. And it also means that the faster or the more leggings you buy, the sooner you will get them. Mm-hmm. Pro tip. But yeah, so when you go on their site and it says, you know, X percent funded available this date, that's what's going on there is that they are getting enough pre-orders so that they can have a whole batch come in so that they don't have to chart, you know, so you, that, that cost of like, keeping a stock in a warehouse doesn't get passed on to you because all of their stuff is made in the USA, which I think is pretty freaking sweet. And so that's how they're able to do that. And they're an amazing company to work with. They're we so fun love work working with nice people and they're just really genuinely nice people. So that's for athletics, F O U R athletics.com. GGW is your discount code. You can support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors. We have awesome leggings, awesome shorts, awesome men's stuff. Yep. Go check them out, guys. Yeah, go check them out. And this episode is also sponsored by Kalo, Q-A-L-O.com. GGW is also the discount code at Kalo.com. On to the episode, Ryan we Moody. Go. We are like interviewing the dudes Just lately. so many dudes. So many dudes. We're, this is like the month of men. It is. Mm-hmm. May, mm-hmm. man, May, mm-hmm. May. We should do a GGW May. calendar. Can we do a GGW calendar? Would you pose for our calendar, Ryan? Would you, Ryan? <laughs> totally. Not to make you uncomfortable. We haven't <laughs> even met you. you. Let's just, you know, not be on the spot, but would you be a model? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Did you ever, did either of you guys ever watch Flight of the Concords? Um, oh, like, yes. Rarely. <laughs> that song that's like, you could be a part-time model, <laughs> but you probably have to keep your regular job. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the tune, but it's all about just like oiling up, though, right? What you just like oil up your body and then the concord? No, oh, being a model. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Okay, anyway, Ryan, welcome. How are Thank you doing? You. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Girls Gone Wad. Tell us a little bit about you, your bio. We were introduced by Nikki, our fabulous Hi, Nikki. friend Nikki, at the Cell yes. Gym. And I love the Cell Gym in Arizona. I grew up in Mesa. My heart is so near and dear to that state. And so every time I go home, I visit the Cell and they're so welcoming. I just love them so much. So tell us a little bit about you, your background, and how you got hooked up with the Cell. Okay, yeah. So, um, I've been in the the CrossFit community for just over a decade now, uh, so I'm starting to feel like one of the OGs in the community finally. But I I found CrossFit just uh, by accident, really, while I was um, over on Coronado Island with my buddies that were going through the Buds program out there, and they're like, "Hey, we got this thing called CrossFit. You should try you know try it out." And I was like, "Cross training, like cro- I, uh, CrossFit is whatever." Now Buds so, is military, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, they're SEALs now. Uh, yeah. They're on oh. teams now. Jeez. But yeah, yeah. I remember the very first workout they told me about. They're like, yeah, we have this thing called called Flight Gone Bad. And I was like, Flight Gone Bad? Well, I was like, that sounds like, you know, like a terrorism military thing. That makes sense. But 
when I found out what it was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But uh, at so the, the same first time, one I loved you it. ever did was Fight Gone Bad. No, no, no. Once oh. uh, my the very first one they actually had me do uh, was I can't, I can't actually remember because I did them within a week of each other. Um, but it was either Murph or or uh, Angie. So oh my that was yeah, it was like an hour and forty five minutes for both workouts. <laughs> and yet somehow you did not go running in the other direction. Right, exactly. I, I was like, what is this? I've been sore for a week and now I can only get my second workout in. So I was I was hooked pretty early. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, I'm, I'm known in the CrossFit community primarily for, for uh, jumping on, on really high boxes for a living. Yeah, like uh, really so. high. So how the <laughs> F did you get started on that? Because I feel like you are bounding buildings like parkour times a thousand. Parkour. Oh man, I wish. Yeah, hardcore parkour. So it was. You should it was, be on. What is that? The American yeah. Ninja Warrior for jumping. You know, people tell me that all the time, and maybe we'll get into it. Okay. But I'm so accident prone that like it would actually probably not be a good idea for me to do something <laughs> like that. It's sort of an odd combination of so... um, uh, characteristics. A really good uh, jumping, really prone to falling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It makes <laughs> sense, right? Ryan. Ryan, what do your shins look like? <laughs> Well, the funny thing is I get a lot of compliments for ladies because of my by ladies from my legs, but I'm always like uh except for the fact that they look like they're you know, it's like the moon, like it's been hit by meteors. Oh, 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 oh my god. <laughs> so you have scraped a shin or two? Oh yeah, I've actually removed part of my shin bone before. No, no. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, let's back up <laughs> and talk about that. Yeah. How did you get into pro- being professionally jumping really high? <laughs> yeah, jumping on a box for a living. Yes. Um, so it, it was literally an accident. I was uh, I was living in Boise, Idaho. I, I'm a graduate of Boise State University. And while I was up there, my buddies were like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna go snowboarding." And I'm from Texas. I'm from Dallas, so I'm not used to snow. I've, I've never really had the opportunity to snowboard or whatever. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go with them. You know, they do it all the time. They'll be able to teach me. And so we go on the bunny hills and I'm having no problem. They're like, dude, we're going to go hit the big hills. Come on, you're ready to go. So I was like, sweet, let's go. So we get up on the the big hills and I'm crushing it with them. And they're like, dude, you're doing really well. We're going to hit some jumps. And so I'm like, sweet, whatever, this is going well. And I keep doing it. Um, So I'm watching them go down these jumps. And I'm noticing there's like so much powder on the jumps that they kind of slow down and kind of peter out so they're not getting much air. And in my 22-year-old head, I'm going, dude, if you're going to get some air on this, you got to be going balls up the wall. So it's my turn and I book it down this hill and I am flying. And then I have that kind of moment of realization where I'm like, wow, I've never been this fast on a snowboard before. And then the next thing I know, I'm waiting. I'm waking up. I never made it to the jump. I'm I'm flat on my back. You know, it's a yard sale. All my gears everywhere. My buddies are at the top of the hill, just cracking up. And I go to straighten my legs out. And my kneecaps go from one side to the other. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I I had literally broken off, which was later removed, part of my right femur, and I tore ligaments and tendons in my knees. And being 22 years old, I mean, I was I was you know they had the snowmobile uh, snowmobile me off the, you know off the yeah. <laughs> off the run and that whole thing. But being 22, like I didn't think about how much damage I had done. I just yeah. wore like a brace for a while, and and uh, I actually walked around like that for almost like a year. And every once in a while, my knees would give out, and I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, oh, and then geez. I finally got the surgery and uh, found out that, or well, and I I went to Dallas and got the consultation first, and I uh, <laughs> found out just how much damage I had done. So when they actually removed that part of my femur from my right leg, uh, it, it went from being like you know like a, a shard, right? Um, like a, a triangle almost to being a rounded marble. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> moral of the story so is, kids go to. Moral of the story is, you know, get get that stuff taken care of. Right. Don't early. just wear a brace for a year and hope. <laughs> yeah. That. But yeah, that, I mean, so that's that's then how that's did we, how started. did that lead? I was gonna say, how did that lead to? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. in my right. mind, that would lead the other direction. Yeah. Were you exactly. away from jumping ever again? <laughs> where you'd be exactly. so so scared and so exactly. so unable to create force with your leg. It, exactly. So. <laughs> So after I had the surgery, um, I, I had them both knees done at the same time, and I have a picture somewhere where I'm sitting in a chair, and I was in a chair for months. It was it was horrible. But I finally went back up to Boise when school started, and to finish out school, and um, I used CrossFit as well as box jumps because I did box jumps when I played basketball growing up in school, and I was like, hey, that looks like it's a good thing for range of motion, for power, etc. So I'm going to use CrossFit in that and do my own therapy. So I did my own therapy for nine months. Um, and then I discovered in the midst of that, that I could actually jump on really high boxes, uh, just pure out of randomness. Just like a, just like a weird human, human trick. Yeah, exactly. So literally I figured this, figured out I can do what I can do by accident. I am. Hey, do you remember that movie, uh, rookie of the year? Isn't that where it is? Where the guy, the little boy like breaks his arm and they put his his arm arm in a cast and then when it heals, it's like, that's, that's That's you. That feels like what happened to you. Oh yeah. That's like the number one (laughs) movie analogy people use when I tell that story. You were were right on. I am, but I'm a little sad that I'm not original. Yeah. (laughs) Claire wanted to be the first. You all, I mean, you're, you're the first one on the podcast to mention hey, it. So, uh-huh. boom. Touche. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So then, okay, so how did that then kind of – how did those things come together and get you to where you are now? So it, it all happened, like, really organically. It was really unique. I finished up school in, in Boise, and I wanted to move down to uh, Utah for three reasons. I wanted to work at what I believed was the number one CrossFit gym in the state at the time, which is CrossFit 801, which uh, used to be owned by Miranda and Tyson Oldroyd. Um, I wanted to finish my schooling at the University of Utah, and I had a girlfriend down there at the time. So two of the three things stayed, and I, <laughs> I, so I got a great degree at the University of Utah and worked at 801. When I was there at CrossFit 801, one of the things that I, I still admire a ton about Tyson and Miranda is they always pushed me all the time. And so when we talked about the box jump thing, they're like, hey, you know, you really should go out for this record, we'll get the you know we'll get news cameras in here. We'll get everyone in the gym involved with it, and and we'll do the full thing. And you know you can try to break break the Guinness record for you know in front of everyone. And uh, so they pushed it. So it was actually actually about two years after that accident that I broke the first record, which was 2010. And what? How high uh, are we talking here? Yeah. So so in if you look in today's standards, it's actually I, I say this, but within reason, uh, it's not as high as what you see today. the the record The record for Guinness that I broke that year was 55 inches from a standing position, and so I broke it by one inch at 56 inches. That's ridiculous. That is so crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm like 62 inches tall. <laughs> so you're thinking like, okay. Well, see, to, to give you a comparison, now now my my personal best, which I have not unfortunately done for uh, record purposes, as in I didn't meet all the qualifications for it, um, having someone there to adjudicate, et cetera, sure. filming it and all that. But my, my personal best is 65 inches from a standing position, um, wow. which hopefully in the future I can I can replicate that. 
Um, but we'll see. I'm getting older, so it's getting harder. I'm like speechless. Yeah, like there is a human on this planet that can even do that, let alone that. And there's videos. I mean, I have seen videos online. I, I've watched you jump, and I'm like, that's got. There's got to be a springboard somewhere in there. <laughs> right, right. It's edited. That's pretty amazing. And then you Thank also you. have a training program called the X Squad. Yeah, so yeah. Talk so, a little bit about that. So the. Um, you know, as I was saying, all this kind of developed organically. Uh, Tyson, again, after breaking a record, then breaking a few more at, at his gym, he was like, dude, you should you should see if there's a market for this, whether that's within the CrossFit community or whether that's its own thing. And so I spent, you know, time trying to figure out exactly how, how can I apply what I was doing to be able to jump and do what I'm doing uh, for these records to CrossFit, etc. And one of the, the biggest realizations is if you think about it, when someone does a box jump, right, we, we go into a squat position as we tuck back to jump, we hit hip extension, and then we land in a tucked position again. And so essentially, we're replicating hip movements that we see in, I don't know, kipping, cleans, snatches, etc. And obviously, power is derived from the hips. It's our powerhouse. And so I started putting all this together and realizing that it, I can actually help people to reprogram themselves, literally, um, to fire more efficiently and more powerfully with their hips, which one of the biggest things is if you don't hit hip extension within, you know, especially the cleans or snatches, right, you can short the lift, you can miss the lift or otherwise. Right. And, and it makes a huge difference. So I'm actually able to teach people mechanics uh, that will help them to improve not just CrossFit, but their sport. And life in general. So I even I even go around the world and I, I speak to presidents and CEOs of large corporations about physical functionality into their later years and keeping their hips functional so that they can do the things they're doing, you know, over the next 20, 30, 40 years. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen a- really cool results with that? type of training oh yes absolutely um i think you've actually had one of my good friends on your show i know you've had my my really good friend sam dancer on your show oh i love um, him love yeah sam <laughs> sam's, sam's one of my favorite human beings like on earth he's so awesome wonderful Just, yeah yeah we could have talked to him for five hours and then we oh. actually did talk to him for yeah like we had to cut i had to cut that episode cut down that <laughs> it took me like it usually takes me a few hours to edit an, an episode and oh, this, and his took, took like two weeks probably two weeks yeah <laughs> It was a lot of winding it down. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. Like when I when I go and stay when I go stay with them, uh, like Sam and Jenny and myself, we I mean we can just talk late into the night, early in the morning about anything and everything. It's amazing. Yeah. You just go down all these pipelines. So good. And no, I'm but, having so much fun watching them and the regionals this weekend too. Oh yeah, they're doing awesome they're too. So yeah, they are doing really well. I mean, anyway, sorry, not to you know, no, you're good. Bunny you're trail good. over to Sam Dancer, but. <laughs> right you just took a last minute trip to cali right like you texted me yes or you wrote me yesterday and was like i'm going to california yeah yeah what are you doing was, there can i ask uh, um yeah yeah i'm i'm visiting uh some friends right now you um, just decided to this is what i miss about living in arizona yeah <laughs> you just drive to california overnight it's like the dream i'm like having this midlife crisis where i want to live in california <laughs> and I, I think you knew that I grew up in Arizona. So I was like, right, right. anytime we would just want to get out of town, we would just drive to San Diego. I'm like, that's just the, so great. I love oh, it. Oh, no, it's it's so nice. And I, I, I love to travel. Uh, if I have an opportunity to travel, I take it. But I wanted to, I, I, was, I was not gonna lie, I was kind of bored 
um, and you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. And so I'm like, dude, I, I gotta, I gotta get out. And I'm like, what, what better place to go to Cali and, and what better people to see than my friends here? Yeah. Where are you so, in Cali? I'm in uh, Huntington beach. Oh, nice. Amazing. Yeah, and you mentioned yeah. at the beginning that you were training with friends who were in the SEAL program. Yes. Yes. Was, was Dave Castro in that group? <laughs> um, Can you say? Dave? No, <laughs> no, no. Dave, Dave wasn't. I actually, I met, I met Dave shortly after that. The very first time I met him, well, I say shortly, it was like a year, uh, was at my, my level one. He was kind of the flow master for my level one back in wow. like 2007. Yeah. Um, and that's when I first met him. And then I've, I've met and talked with Dave multiple times since. And, uh, Dave, Dave is a, uh, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a smart dude, a lot smarter than people realize. He, he, I don't know. And, and a lot of the, um, like the opens and stuff, people will give give Dave crap about this. That we and the do. Other. We won't lie. Yeah. We totally give him crap. Yeah. I mean, we he have this love. Come off as yeah. like a very um, public figure. Right. Right. He, okay. Right. And I, CrossFit van. Okay. Can we just put a disclaimer? We always right. say whenever we're like about to say something that might get us in trouble, we're like CrossFit van. It's okay. We really don't mean it this way, but I have to say that it's really hard for me to not judge when he shows up to the <laughs> open in a Versace outfit and does the wad and bar muscles oh, yeah. in like full on Versace. So oh, yeah. you're like, what are you gonna I, do? I, and then like all of his snaps and things, there's times where I'm like, I, I just, I need to meet this person so I can stop judging him. It's like, I have this idea in my head and he does absolutely create an idea yes. in the head. Right. So I'm like, what's he really like? And I've right. heard the people who have met him are like, he's so down to earth. He's so open to talking about anything. You can ask him anything. Oh, yeah. He's really approachable. So I have like a really des- strong desire, A, to interview him, of course, but B, to meet him and just be like, I just need to know that you don't put a, a bucket of grease in your hair every day and like, oh, you know, drink cappuccinos and like <laughs> look down at the little people every day. <laughs> Right, right, right. No, I mean he's a he's a good dude, and like I said, he's a, he's a smart dude, very very approachable. He'll he'll talk to anyone and, and and everyone. He at times though, when you interact with him, you can you can kind of feel. I mean, I've been around a lot of uh, my buddies who are, who are Navy SEALs, and you you get that that like SEAL. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a team guy presence. Like you can feel it. Uh, it's it's almost palpable. But uh, no, I'm a, Dave, I'm a team Dave's guy. A good dude. Is that what you said? Yeah. So so team guy team guy. So they have they have teams, right? They have mm-hmm. the East Coast teams and the West uh, West Coast teams. Yeah. And so so they sometimes they're referred to as team guys, um, and that's another way of just saying that they're they're seals. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah. before we went on this bunny trail, you started talking about <laughs> you were talking about the ways that you like seen. Um, oh yes, yeah, yes, and yeah. we started talking about Sam, and then let's back up to before Sorry. to pre yeah. to pre Dancer bunny trail. Mm-hmm. Anytime I can interject though with Dave Castro, I'm I gonna know, do it. So I know. go ahead. I'm just impressed that I remembered where that where, yeah, how we got there. That's really impressive. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Claire, Claire's keeping us on top of this. And it's usually me that's keeping <laughs> it's you guys on track. So it's roles are reversed. No, so um, yeah, like when it comes to results. So the person I was actually going to mention, I sidetracked myself with Sam. But uh, <laughs> is, I think y'all have had Steph Hammerman on. Is that right? Yeah, we have. She's yeah. also great. Yes. Yeah, so Steph, I love Steph. Steph is a good friend. Um, she was actually my very first adaptive athlete to come through my my training seminar called the Explosive Seminar. And when when she came came into the building, um, I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna really need to be on my toes. I've never worked with someone who has cerebral palsy, 
Um, and so that was very new to me. And my seminar is based around, well, being explosive, which is going to be everything hips, but we're mm. talking sprinting, jumping, lifting. And so I knew, right, I knew that she that was you typically associate with somebody who uses a wheelchair. Exactly. And so I, I was like, we're going to get creative today. And, and we did. Um, we were able to help her PR her box jump by a couple inches. So she was jumping eight inches. Wow. Uh, yeah, which was fantastic. And then on top of that, uh, we all went to dinner you know, later that night uh, with the crew from the gym. And, and I was sitting next to Steph, and I was just talking to Steph, just picking her brain. And it's, for a long time, I've wanted to do an adaptive variation of the seminar, adaptive athlete variation. So I've been working with different groups uh, who are heads in that community, especially Steph, to, to get that rolling. But I was talking to her early on about this and I was like, Hey Steph, look, I don't know a whole lot about CP, but I'm curious, like, can you regain the ability to walk unassisted like ever? Hmm. And, and she's like, she's like, no, I appreciate that thought. Like, it's a great thought, but I've accepted that, you know, from what the doctors have told me, like, that's not possible because my body just doesn't communicate that way. And I was like, okay, okay, so I I get that. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to program in the XWAD, you know, like once to twice a week or whatever, whatever suits you. And I'll, I'll talk you through everything. And I just want you to like, let me know if you have any progress. Now, in my own mind, I knew that the XWAD has, does a lot for the central nervous system. And so I was like, I want to see how this could potentially help her. And it was a few months later, I received a video text message from her. And it was her walking unassisted for the first time, 30, oh uh, 30 feet across the gym floor. And now, wow. I mean, she posts videos all the time of her, like, pulling pulling sleds and pushing yeah. prowlers and, like, doing all sorts of awesome stuff. Um, and we actually, we did, uh, she came up to Utah and we did some um, some training together and we did some filming together. And we were actually talking uh, about that that experience and how how awesome that was. That is really cool. That is so. Cool. I like ha- that, that's something that kind of you know addressing the central nervous system is not a way of looking at it that I would have ever thought of. So can you talk a little bit more about that about how XWAD kind of works with central nervous system? Yeah, absolutely. So the the analogy that I, I like to use, especially in the seminars, um, actually goes to uh, the Olympics. So. Do you all remember the the big 100 meter dash race uh, in 1998 or 1988 uh, in Seoul, Korea? Who that was between? Nope. No, so I that, was born in 1987. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so definitely don't remember. <laughs> so uh, that was between Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson. Uh, have you all happened to see the seen the documentary uh, plug in for my buddy Mark Bell, uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger? No, not yet. Oh, y'all need to watch okh Okay. It's about, and it's about steroids. Yes. And didn't, yeah. <laughs> and didn't his brother, or did he do the one? Um, prescription thugs yes yeah chris so chris did, chris did both movies and i actually just watched uh prescription thugs i was just telling chris the other day how awesome of a job he did on that movie too that's amazing um, yeah those those movies are are fantastic and like especially within the crossfit community those are two movies to definitely either, you know either buy rent or otherwise um because a lot a lot is learned about steroids a lot is learned about the prescription drug world and and just kind of how crappy it is. But um, so the back to Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis. So there was a lot of hype around that race. That was, it was back then. It was it was a really big deal. There was so much money involved endorsement wise just in this single race. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what ends up happening is Ben Johnson ends up winning, and uh, Carl Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, true story, true story. So Ben Johnson wins, and he um, he ends up testing positive for steroids. 
And so Carl Lewis then gets the gold medal. Now, Carl Lewis also tested positive. Um, America covers it up better. That's a whole other story, a whole other box for mm. another day. But what happens is Ben Johnson goes down in history as a cheater. And sure. I don't believe that's why he should go down in history. Um, I feel like there's a lot more to this guy. And a lot of people don't know what it is that he used to do prior to a race. And what he used to do is he would squat anywhere from four to 600 pounds for repetitions, back squat, and then rest a few minutes and then go into the race. Oh my God. What? Right? So kind of crazy. It seems like it's contradictory, right? Because think about how your legs feel after you do a heavy squat. Yeah, exactly. not like then, you want to go sprinting. Yeah, exactly. It's especially at the Olympic level, you know, for, right. for gold. <laughs> right. <laughs> In the biggest race of history. Right, exactly. Now, now, mind you, his when I say squatting for reps, I mean, when he when he would squat this kind of weight, it would be quick. It's not like when you see someone PRing at 500. Right. You know, this guy's repping this out pretty quick. So we're looking at explosive speed. But what's actually happening is this. When he gets under the bar, his body, his central nervous system communicates and goes, all right, this is 500 pounds. This is a lot of a lot of weight. We've got to get everyone involved in this so that we make sure we can squat this load. So he is lit up for 500 pounds. Now, when he racks the weight, I mean, logically, he knows that the weight is not there anymore. But his central nervous system is lit up for one thing. It's lit up for what it just did, which was 500 pounds. When he goes over uh, to the blocks and sets up in the blocks to sprint out and his adrenaline starts pumping again, his central nervous system is still lit up for one thing. And all it knows is that if it's getting ready to fire again, it's going to fire for what it believes is still on his back, which is 500 pounds. So what ends up happening is he blows out of the blocks. Ben Johnson, to this date, is the fastest starter in the history of the 100-meter dash. Wow. Even faster than Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is actually the slowest starter. He, Usain Bolt actually catches up to everyone. And he has uh, nine to eleven foot strides, mind you. Um, <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Yeah, and so he actually catches up to everyone, and then passes them, and then shuts it down about eighty-five uh, percent of the way down the track. That's so but, interesting. No, it makes sense yeah. though. Like if you think about slightly, um, just slightly smaller example of like doing glute bridges before you, you know, just like waking those muscles up, waking your your right. your system up, telling your body like, right, this is these are the muscles we're getting ready to use. Like, be on alert. Exactly, exactly. So the, another like crossfitish example is uh, think about it. Like if you were going to do box jumps and you did, uh, let's say, five box jumps with a, a ten pound vest on or a twenty pound vest on, right? Mm-hmm. So you do you do your box jumps, then you take off the vest. What's going to happen the moment you go to jump again? You're going to automatically go higher because your body's firing for weight or load that's no longer there. So what this, how this applies to the X water, uh, what this is is actually called PAP, which is post-activation potentiation. Um, oh. Yeah, it's Woo. a big one. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you a moment to recover. From okay, that sorry, I really did just like my eyes widened for a moment. I was like, <laughs> it's really it's Sunday, Sunday Ryan, it's a day of rest. I know, we're, we're supposed to be on cruise control right now, right? Not using big words. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. So PAP, um, there's a lot of holes in PAP if you look at the research around it. it. It doesn't work for everyone always, and it doesn't work for all population groups. And so what I did is I set out to fill in those holes. And so I did a lot of research around it. We've actually published research with the University of Utah surrounding it. Um, And essentially what we've done is we've created a program that works for anyone 
uh, regardless of what, what walk of life you come from, regardless if you're an adaptive athlete, if you're a child, an elderly individual, or anything and everything in between. I've worked with Olympians like Kendrick Ferris and Holly Mangold. Uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, professional uh, hockey players, like I don't know if you all like hockey, but Mike Madonna, one of the greatest American hockey players ever. Uh, he actually, I used it with him as he was finishing up his career, and then I also helped uh, him with the, use the X-Wad for golf. He just wants to be able to drive the ball further. Okay, Ryan, but, I have to stop you for a second, because yeah. Joy and I are just sitting here looking at each other like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of starstruck right now. I'm like, uh, Ryan, is there anyone you don't know? Let's just start with that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, Nikki should have told y'all that sometimes. Hashtag I, I... so famous. <laughs> You're like more hashtag so famous than we are. And that's really, oh. that's like a big deal. Dang, I just like one up to you. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. We're like literally as you as you keep saying these things, me and Dre are just looking at each other like, oh my God. Like, we had uh, no idea. I mean, like, you know, we yeah. we like looked into your background a little bit before yeah. we got, you know, I you have a lot and of knowledge. I'm just amazed your kind of title thing, you know, your title accomplishment as you brought up at the beginning yeah. is high jumping and I, and then not high jumping, but you know, yeah. tall box jumps. Right. And in a, in a million years, I never would have imagined that like that skill would have be so far reaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And and not just the, the box jump itself, but it's literally how it's paired. So we go back to the Ben Johnson example. And, and what I do is I pair or I superset a lift with an explosive movement. And with the explosive movements, it can be anything from a jump, which is the number one way to build your, your explosive power. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you jump, it's the only resistance you have is body weight. And you actually produce a ton of power when you jump. For example, the study that we did at the University of Utah, um, they, they hooked me up to all these electrodes or whatever, and, and I had all these cameras around me, and they're like, all right, you're going to jump off this force plate onto a 24-inch box with the least amount of of effort possible and I was like okay whatever so I jumped I'm like okay so I jumped with as little effort as I could and you know obviously to still make it land on the box Mm -hmm. and I was able to produce double my body weight and power in a split second so what we're finding out is from doing a box jump alone the, the higher you build the more power you produce when I when I jump over five feet I'm producing over 600 pounds of force and just body weight alone in a split second. Well, I'm I'm like just giving so much more respect for box jumps at this moment. Like, right. <laughs> I have yeah. always said like you know the max height box jump to me is like why even bother with that? Yeah. It just seems like a good way to get injured. Like I have right. no need to know how totally. high I can jump. I have always totally poo pooed the max height box jump, and like I'm totally <laughs> you're blowing my yeah, mind right you're now. You're totally changing our ways. <laughs> yes. Winning. Hashtag winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spreading the box jump. Yeah. Gospel. You know it. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing what it does. So here, here's another way to look at, at the box jump thing. So we have the 10 physicals, you know, skills in CrossFit, right? Okay. It, to do a single box jump, it requires eight out of the 10 of them. Which ones doesn't to, it require? It, cardiovascular uh, endurance and stamina, which yeah, those you do use if right. you do a lot of them in a workout. Right. So then you use all 10. And so there's there's a lot of mechanics that go in, a lot of athleticism that actually goes into doing a box jump. Everyone's like, oh, it's just you're, you're just super mobile in your hips. Well, that's not true. You have to be able to produce power to create height to begin with. But having mobility in your hips is also important. The best of both worlds is what you see the top, you know, 10 box jumpers in the world. They have that across the board. They can produce a lot of power and they have solid mobility. One without the other and and you're not you're not very efficient. And so by making an athlete more efficient, 
with their box jump, we can actually make them more efficient in, in lifts and in sprinting. I mean, you, you name it, it's crazy. Sure. But again, we, we superset a lift with an explosive movement. We do short distance uh, sprints, uh, like under 100 meters, uh, shuttle run type stuff. Uh, we do body weight stuff. We, one of the most popular things that we do that we teach at the seminar are kneeling jumps, so jumping from your knees and landing on your feet. But it's all stuff related to the hips, the hips, the hips, the hips. So we even do stuff like, you know, toes to bar, hips to bar, uh, kipping pull-ups, muscle-ups. They're, they're all involved. But the idea is supersetting a lift with an explosive movement and then resting. So it's interval weight training. Lift, uh, explosive movement, rest, repeated for however many sets you have for that day. That kind of sounds like fun. Yeah, it does sound like fun. Dude, it yeah, is so that. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you travel it's around and do trainings then, you said? Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, let's see. Since we started doing the seminar in 2010, or 2011, excuse me, we've been in 18 countries and over 400 gyms. Yeah. What's your favorite country? Ooh, that's a tough one. I literally just got back from Africa. I know. I was going to uh, have you talk about that because I know you just got back from there. <laughs> so I'll save that one because Africa is like insane. But one of, my, one of my favorite places to go, I've been there a few times now, is actually Japan. I fell in love with Japan when I first went there. Absolutely love it. What was it about um, Japan that you loved? You know what? It, it's, so I'm not. I'm not like a. I'm, and I'm from Dallas, but I'm not like a big city person. Like I've been in New York City, and it's cool and whatever. But but there's something about Tokyo that is just so unique. It's number one. It's extremely clean. Number two, the people there are so friendly and so service oriented. Um, almost to a fault. It's so uh, funny that hearing you talk about this reminds me, I have a twin brother who's in the military and he said the same thing about Tokyo. He's like, it's so clean. The people are so nice. It's just a good vibe. Oh yeah. All the time. Like seriously. And, and plus you get, you get straight up real sushi, uh, you know, whenever you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to go yeah. That's real good. Yeah. I mean, it's like melt in your mouth sushi. It's, yeah. it's insane. I feel like, you know, we go like we're obviously in Colorado, we go to, to sushi and I'm like, I mean, this is good, but I, mm. I also have to acknowledge I'm a thousand miles away from the nearest ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound amazing. I would travel to Japan just for this good sushi. Yeah. Although oh, yeah. I wrote this like whole long paper when I was in grad school about how effed their power system is, their like electric power system. And so like when I think about Japan, all I can think of is like, uh-oh, there's going to be a power outage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, Wait, bring it down, Claire. I'm just saying, Wait. if you if you're on the south half of the island, you can't move to the north half of the, half of the island with your same appliances. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Anyway, yeah. we don't have to go there. I want Ryan, to discuss that. Talk a little bit about too. Well, if you want to talk about Africa, please do. Okay. Um, but I also wanted you to talk about how you got into motivational speaking. Oh yeah, yeah. So we can actually combine those two if you'd like. Do wonderful. It. Okay. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start with Africa and then we'll roundabout way come come back to how I actually got involved with speaking. I'm having a really hard time. I have to just go ahead and say it. We quote Mean Girls all the time, and I just want to be like, <laughs> it was Katie Heron there because Katie's family moved from Africa. If you're from oh. Africa, why are you white? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, we had to do it. You, it's you all right. continue. It's all right. You get it. You get it in. You feel better. Yeah. Right. Yep. We're so done. We're good. Got it. We're good. <laughs> Totes. That that was good. That was good. <laughs> so so Africa. Um, first of all, I was I was very nervous to go to Africa. Leading up to it, I, I knew I was going about six months to a year out uh, because of the organization that I the circuit that I speak within. When they originally contacted me, they do it very you know really really far in advance. They told me about Africa, and I you know I didn't think about it too much. And then as time got closer and closer, and I realized, oh my gosh, I've got to get like all these shots, and I'm only a few weeks out. Um, <laughs> and so five hundred dollars worth of shots later, oh, yeah. And I'm 
I start to panic a little bit because anyone that knows me knows that I'm accident prone. I get all sorts of sicknesses. Like I, three times in my life, I've been told I'd never walk again, run again, or play sports. I've nearly lost, had my arm amputated at my shoulder from an uh, from an infection. I mean, like all sorts of just random, random, crazy crap. Really, is just this is why you're not going on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> See, well, not we've, only we've made that full circle. Not only that, I really hope you have a book in the works. I do, I do. It's a, it's called Rise Above. We're Great. we are a few chapters into it right now. Perfect. So yeah, hopefully by by next January it'll be good, and I'll I'll let you ladies know. For yeah, sure. come to Denver, do a book tour. We'll hang oh, out. Oh heck with you. yeah, yeah. We'll record, record. Are you are <laughs> you going? Avi, are you going to the CrossFit Games, Ryan? Uh, I haven't decided yet okay. if I'm going to go. You should um, go cause... because we're going, and then you can meet us, and we can record oh, there too. That is the perfect reason. Yep, now I'm I know. Going. <laughs> Just go for us. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, it is it is here in California, and I love coming to Cali. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, what's not to love? I mean, just it's exactly. just a yeah. just a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, if you are driving exactly. away. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Anyway, so back back to Africa. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I I get ready to go, and I'm I'm getting worried because I'm like, man, it's Africa. There's a lot yeah. that could happen. It's a whole um, continent you're worrying about yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. So I I get there, and uh, what was what was crazy as well as there, I expected to be like mosquitoes everywhere because that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't get bit once while I was there, but the moment I got back to Arizona, I got bit like five times. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's because you put your guard down. Yeah. They, exactly. they sensed exactly. it. <laughs> they knew. They knew what was going on. But um, yeah, so I, I got there and I was, I mean, I was just, I was blown away uh, with with everything. It was, uh, it, effect, it affected me on, on several different levels. I mean, the beauty of the area there is just, it's, it's incredible. The people there are incredible extremely genuine extremely loving but at the same time seeing kind of the wealth to poverty ratio was was very eye-opening for me um it was something that even though i've i've traveled to several countries like i've never seen it to that level to that degree um and so for me it it affected me quite a bit but again i was there i was there to speak and i was speaking for an organization called the ypo which is the young president's organization and this is an organization without going into too much detail that you know essentially these are ceos and presidents of large corporations throughout the world there's you know they have like uh what was it like 20 to 40,000 members somewhere in that range in the world um and they're 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 everywhere but they they hire me to come out and speak and I speak primarily on strength through adversity and physical functionality into your later years. So they kind of bring me on as like a health and fitness uh, subject subject matter expert. A guru, and, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like you guys. Just really want me to jump on a box, right? Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Come out, Let, do your trick. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so I got there and I, I speak on that. I you know I talk about the X squad. I talk about what a, a mindset that I created. It's called the whiteboard mindset. Um, and then I teach them how to apply that. And then I, I, sometimes they have me teach them how to jump. Sometimes they'll pull up, uh, like they usually want me to jump on or over something when I'm there at the end. So I don't blame them. I, I want you to do it right now yeah. and send us yeah. a video <laughs> so we can po- post exactly. it on our Facebook page. <laughs> so I, they've had me, this organization has had me jump over, um, uh, two BMWs now. That's that's been quite the experience. Wait, in a very row? Scary. Like park next no, to no, no, no. I wish. Oh, oh. Man. Woo! No. I thought that too. I was like, I was oh my like, gosh, you are your no, own you're like, circus show. I was about to say, like, you are like uh, organic evil can evil. Exactly. How, how are you not in Hollywood just doing a stuntman gig? I know, right? God, that, prone, that right? would be so. Prone. Oh, that's right. Mm. So what? Could, what could he jump over next? Right. Yeah. This is like the ultimate stupid human trick, though. A mm-hmm. little bit. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, if so you get but, drunk, are you like, hey guys? <laughs> 
that, no, so that, that's the problem. That's, that's such, like such a big problem because I, I, when, I, when I go places, especially when I meet people and they don't know anything about me, they don't know what I do, like I try to, I try to avoid um, answering too much about what I do because what ends up happening right, time and time again is they're like, oh, they're like, okay, okay, jump monkey, jump. Like, let me see, let me see. <laughs> And then it turns into, can you jump on this? What about this? Can you jump over me? Yeah. And then it turns into, I could absolutely see that. Well, it get, it gets worse because they'll go, um, dude, I can do that. Hold my beer. Oh no. And then I'm like, okay, this is where it stops. Uh, this is, this is where I, I make it look easy. It doesn't mean that's gonna transfer. That's so, so funny. Yeah. So I try to avoid any lawsuits in that range. <laughs> How many, uh, it, um, you know, times of not avoiding it did it take you to realize, okay, I got to shut this down? <laughs> Yo, seriously, like, okay, I'll give you an example. I was with a bunch of uh, presidents and CEOs, we'll just say that, in a, a bar or a restaurant that was oh, no. owned by one of them. And oh, no. so within this organization, they've gotten used to seeing me because every once in a while, they'll have me come into some of their meetings and they'll be like, all right, Ryan's going to put us through energizers. So what they do is they go, oh no, the box jumpers here, we're going to have to work out. So I usually take them through to for for the time that we have well they see me walk into this bar and everyone's like oh the box jumpers here we're gonna have to work out tomorrow you know in our meeting and then they're like hey you know we've never actually seen you jump will you jump on the bar and i look around i'm like uh well i don't know how comfortable i am and this guy comes up to me puts his arm around me he's like i own the bar you can go (laughs) and i was like oh crap so i jump on the bar the bar's like 50 inches um so it's like right right up to my sternum and so i jump up on the bar and then everyone's just kind of standing there with their drink in hand just kind of looking at me and i'm like okay i guess i'll get off the bar now like they're just kind (laughs) of they're just kind of like it's like when you walk into like an old saloon and the music stops yeah and right exactly that's done Yeah. And, All right. And and then someone walks over and literally like, hey, hold my beer. Let me try. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. No, no, number no. one, you're in suit pants. <laughs> number two, number two, let me show you. Let me show you a way that I create some perspective as to why this is actually harder than it looks. So I, I sat down on a, a little stool that they had. And I went from a very you know, like bottom, you know, astagrass deep squat uh, and jumped up to the same height from that deep squat. And then the guy's like, oh, okay, here, I'll take my beer back. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to attempt it. Um, so, yeah, I, I try to avoid it anyways because with how much, you know, hurt and pain I've been through throughout my life, I, I don't want to see anyone else going through that, especially at, at my hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so funny because I wouldn't have thought about that. But as soon as you said it, it's like, yeah, I, everyone around you would be like, I can do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, not to, you know, generalize, but I feel like especially in a room full of CEOs. Yeah, it, it's that type A personality. Yeah, I mean, the, even the at, alpha complex. Exactly. Like even at the CrossFit Games. So they different sponsors have had me set up. I've had a booth at the Games before and I'll set up these boxes and I use it to actually attract people to their booth. Because people start wanting to jump or whatever, and so we'll hold little competitions, <laughs> whatever. But it makes it easy to get, you know, get foot traffic, and um, people will walk by and be like, "Oh, I can do that," and I'll be like, "All right, go ahead." Especially with CrossFitters, because I already know that they can they can jump pretty well. Right, they're not going to uh, totally wreck right, themselves. right. But then people really realize, like, oh man, you know, it's it's it, like as much ego as you could have potentially, it's not going to help you jump that high. How do you, um, how, I'm just thinking of this, I'm picturing it in my mind, because when I'm doing a box jump and I'm moving to the next level of trying to jump higher, mm-hmm. it totally screws my mind. And I'm like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And that fear, and I see that all the time too. How do you help people get over the mindset of getting to that next height? Within the seminar, I use that whiteboard mindset uh, that I was talking about. Yeah. And, but the whiteboard mindset, I you know, I don't, especially listeners, like I don't want you to think that it's solely for 
box jumps. It's literally used for everything. I actually created the mindset process to help improve my GPA in college because I'm a horrible, horrible test taker. Like I have horrible anxiety. It, it could be it, it could be English and it would look like it was calculus by the time I start taking the test. Like mm-hmm. I, I freak out. Um, but it, I used it to improve my GPA by two letter grades to calm myself down while testing. But the, the way amazing. I... Do you thank know, you. Do you talk ha- to Tim Ferriss often? You should be on his show. <laughs> I, I actually, he's one of the contacts I've wanted to make for a while. Like I've been working on Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, um, trying to to get in front of him. Um, but I want to I want to talk with Tim. You um, have I need to. to. You have I need to. to. I, I need to. I need to just call Kelly, start it, and be like, dude, please get me in front of Tim. Yeah, you have to. He's yeah. But. As you're talking, I'm like, you have to. You guys have to to meet. <laughs> I just feel it. Anyway, so well, if you guys know Tim, yeah, like, please pass mm-hmm. my information. I absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'll talk. I'm going to have lunch with him today, yeah, so I'll Joyce, let you know. Oh, okay. snap yeah, okay. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NBD. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, no, so the, the process. The, so I'll give you a little history on, on where this comes about so it, it makes more sense. Uh, and this is, I think, the actual, the very, very first time on a podcast, just so you know, that I've actually shared the details oh. of this on a podcast. Heard it here first. Well, so, you know, you don't have to you, give away any proprietary information right. if you don't want to. <laughs> No, 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 no. This is it, it's it's all good stuff. I, I usually I usually push it to get people to come to the seminar, but I've actually taken a year off from the, from doing the seminars, and we're starting back up in in uh, August. So I'm I'm totally okay with it. It's not a not a big deal. So again, you know, I used it for school, but while I was in school, I was taking a lot of uh, stress management classes because apparently this was a problem for me, and I learned a lot about Taoism, Buddhism, meditation, um, all sorts of very unique things. And I started taking these different practices and different things that I learned that I really attached to. And I started meshing them into one thing. When it comes to the whiteboard, part of what I discovered was the uniqueness of using colors. So have y'all heard like that colors can emit different energies and emotions in the body and the mind? Yeah. So like blue can be a calming effect, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Uh, white, white is a really interesting one. White can create heat and energy. Uh, and they actually did this really unique test and you can actually watch this on YouTube. They, I can't remember if it was National Geographic or Discovery Channel. It's one of those. But they went to Tibet and they took these Tibetan monks and they put them in a room. And I believe the room was about 40 degrees. So fairly cold. Uh, and they had them sit in meditation in a format called Shikantaza. And they had them focus on the color white. Now, what was really interesting about this is, I mean, it's a cold room. and But the idea is for them to to focus on white and try to increase their energy or their body temperature. So they had them start getting into meditation and then they had them derobe and they took ice water towels, like towels, doused them, doused them in ice water, yeah. wrapped their bodies in them oh my gosh. and then had them sit in meditation. So now, as, as you all know, especially with the cold, uh, now within the first one to two hours, you can go into hypothermia. Um, and or potentially, if worst case scenario, you could die. What was impressive is these monks sat in there for ten to twelve hours, which is which is crazy in and of itself because right. most human beings couldn't last that long. But what was more impressive is they took these thermogenic scanners and they were literally scanning scanning their body temperature, and you could see them creating so much core temperature that it not only dried them, but they were able to dry the towels completely. And they show on the video that they become fluffy again if the, as if they just came out of the dryer. So when I, when I tell mind this... Mind blown again. This is like fifth, my fifth mind blowing of this one episode. Mm-hmm. Hashtag you're that. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. 
It's crazy, huh? I can't so, even meditate uh, for five minutes before I. I like, feel so smart right now. I feel like I've, I feel like Ryan just schooled us on everything under the sun. Yes, and I don't need to go get a PhD. <laughs> well, thank you. I take mm-hmm. that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. So you turned that kind of the white concept around and right. And so I actually use that as the first the first part of a three step process. So I, I teach people about breathing and releasing and following your breath. And, and so I take them through the whiteboard process, which is I have them tuck their chins down as they're standing up um, in a relaxed position. And they breathe in and out and they raise their, their head up as they, they breathe out. And then they t- drop their chin again and they breathe in again and raise their head up and breathe out. And they're focusing on white. Now, I don't use white necessarily for heat and energy for these individuals. The idea is actually to create a distraction for the mind. So, for example, let's imagine you ladies getting ready to do one of those high box jumps and you're starting to think about everything about the box jump itself. Like, what if this? Oh, what if I got hurt? Oh, my shins, this, that, and the other. Well, by focusing on a color, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be white, but by focusing on a color and not allowing any other thoughts or anything to come into your mind, you're tapping into a part of your brain that is, uh, dare I say, like archaic, like very Neanderthalish, where it's, you know, it's clear mind, and then I, I give myself a task, and then I perform the task. I don't think about the if, ands, and buts that are in between. So step one is That's clear the so mind. like ninja. You know, you know what just <laughs> came to so. mind? Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show, Friday Night Lights? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Coach Taylor. Yeah. Oh, my. Be still my heart. <laughs> but yes. So you're basically just turning all these people into ninjas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. It's, yeah, it's, basically. It's amazing. Yeah, the, the ninja organization has grown and, you know, no population No wonder there's people just like bouncing all around the place and creating a wonderful, wonderful world. It's all because of Ryan. I, I tell you bouncing. these things. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you need so. to come to Denver so you can <laughs> teach us your ways. Oh, I've done, I've done, I've done like multiple seminars up there. I just, I don't know why you didn't show up. Yeah. That's the problem. <sighs> it's because I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid of meditation, but Joy doesn't have. A Claire's really shows. afraid of going into her brain. Yeah, I don't want to know what's in there. Supervision. Ah. Uh, uh, but especially totally with supervision, so it's a catch yeah. me too. <laughs> She's like, I don't need that. No one needs to go in there without I don't supervision. Need to know what's in there. Anyway. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm much more of like I would go get my aura red, and I'm a fan of like the the color the energy, color energy stuff, yoga, nice. meditation, genre, genre. So, so you you get that, you get that totally. the, the clearing of the mind and and the distracting of the mind. So we do that, and then the second piece of that is we have them breathe in and out again, open their eyes, and then see their task. And for this scenario, let's just say it's a box jump. You go box jump. You don't go. I'm gonna do a box jump. It's scary. It's uh, all I need to do is a box jump. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then you close your eyes, breathe in and out again, open your eyes. And the moment you open your eyes, you have three seconds or less to perform that task. Uh, and the reason why three seconds is if you think about something too much, you talk yourself out of it. Is that, how you, that, is that the process you follow when you're about to attempt a high jump? Whether I'm doing a high jump, uh, I actually did it before you you ladies called. Um, I, I, I do it for just about anything. Any Any sort of potential... Uh, thing that makes me nervous or scared or or um, any sort of limitation, mind you, I use that to to uh, get through that instantly. Wow, I feel like a big deal now. Were you nervous? <laughs> were you, were you nervous, nervous to talk to us? That makes me I, feel I get, really I, special. <laughs> I get I get nervous. Oh, well, I don't know if I should say this. Then I was going to say I, I get nervous anytime I go speak or otherwise. But I mean, especially with uh, girls gone wild. Yeah, know. especially. I mean, yeah. we have a tough crowd. Yeah. We have a tough crowd. We, yeah. we quote Mean Girls. We talk a lot. 
<laughs> it's taken us like two months to get this schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But what you're describing sounds, I'm a therapist by day, so I do a lot of work in mental health. And mm-hmm. this sounds a lot like dialectical behavioral therapy, which uh, is very much focused on mindfulness. And it's very effective, especially with people who are struggling with addictions and people, I mean, it's really great for everyone, but people who have more chronically mentally ill diagnoses are right. very much helped with DBT as well, which wow. has a basis in mindfulness. Mindfulness. So I think what you're saying right. too is like, wow, it is really, it's very, very powerful. It, it's crazy what, like we, we actually, in the seminar, we have, we teach everyone how to do box jumps in the very first part of seven sections and then later we used one more variation of the box jump which a lot of people have not done which is a seated box jump and we we that's when we teach them how to use the mindset because a lot of people see a seated box jump they're like uh no no i'm good uh well we use it and what ends up happening 90 percent of the time at seminars is i'll turn people around after they do a jump and i'll be like i want you to look at this box height what's higher the seated variation that you just did or the standing variation you did earlier today. And they're like, oh my gosh, I just went higher than my standing version. And it's all about, you know, I remind them, this is when you tap into your mind like this, you're able to do so much more than you were allowing yourself to do in the beginning. I, I just like totally bridged over in my brain. I'm like, and this is why you and Sam Dancer are BFFs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall when you guys are having a conversation. <laughs> But no, oh, I think good. that's I think that's really interesting, and I just think that it's cool, like being able to bring it full circle from me. Like I said earlier, like I would never think about you know box jumps. Like I've said, I've always kind of poo pooed the box jump of like what is the big deal, and I never would have thought about it in terms of like all of the kind of ripples that that mental process of approaching a high box jump could have throughout. Right all these other processes well i mean and think about it the next time you step up to a bar that might be a pr for you whether that be Mm -hmm. a deadlift a clean what have you or a workout like murph you know that kid that for a lot of people is uh mentally it's it's a very difficult workout i mean i work with games athletes regional athletes professional athletes and we talk about moments where they're in the heat of the sport and i teach them how to do it quickly so that they can quickly apply it clear the mind and, and and keep going and I, yeah, for, I mean, for me personally, like a, a max height box jump is a, a thousand times scarier than a, mm. a PR, a, you know, a clean PR attempt or a snatch PR attempt. Same. And like, I, I have had, there was a wad, this was years ago, years, years and years. years. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the old days. This is a couple of years ago where it was like, we started out the workout with a max box jump attempt. And then we went into max deadlifts or no it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been deadlifts it was max cleans and i got so psyched out by the max box jump that i like could barely even finish the workout i could i will i i like when i when you know the next part was the cleans i couldn't do it Mm. i couldn't i couldn't even max my or match my previous max because i was so psyched out by the box jump that i was like i can't i have no more mental fortitude left whatsoever to try to lift heavy Right. Yeah, right. it totally wore me out. You start going down that. <laughs> yeah. You start going down that rabbit hole, and it gets dark quick. We're almost out of time. We're gonna have to do another episode with you ASAP. <laughs> yeah, totes my goats. Let's totes do it. <laughs> That's my favorite movie too. I love you, man. <laughs> I always, I always say it at the gym, like uh, Nikki. Uh, Nikki will always be like totes or one of the other things that we say is be like uh, Nikki be like Ryan what do you do today like what, what what's your program today I'm like all the fitness I'm gonna oh. lift all the weights <laughs> and I'm gonna do all the fitness one of the members at our gym every time I see him in class he looks at me and he's like are we gonna get fit today I'm like we're gonna get fit we got fit today didn't we <laughs> Like, did you did you finally get your fitness? Yeah, we got fit. I found today's the, the day. Today's the today day I get fit. I yeah. found the fitness. 
So we were watching the regionals uh, yeah. with Rich Running's team yesterday. Brandon and I were, and I was like, "That man, he's he's he does some good CrossFit." Like <laughs> you're like, I was, we were just watching regionals in general. I was like, "That's some there's some fitness going on there." There's some major fitness. <laughs> he's oh. not human. There's some no. people that are just not just human. not human. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. some fitness. Yeah. I would like to end on you like the Brene Brown. Have the you Brene read? Brown. Yeah, Brene Brown. Have you read her books? Daring Greatly. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, I, I knew more by the book. Yes. Yeah. And Joy loves her. I'm obsessed with her. But I, I think <laughs> I want you to speak to the listeners just ending with maybe a few tips on how to push past some mental blocks. Just really quick. I know it's a very deep question. I tend to ask deep questions at the very end. It came to mind when you were talking about, you know, wanting to get in touch with Tim Ferriss. So like, what is something that keeps you from doing that? Because it's like, why not? Why not reach out to him? Why not connect with him? Like talk about the process of working through like we have a struggle of, of not letting ourselves dream big. Oh, I like this question a lot. So I'm ready. So this is this is this is how I'm going to approach that. And, and even using the example of Tim, Tim Ferriss for me is great. So it, for me, it, and for a, in a lot of situations, it comes down to one thing: whether that whether you're you have a, a lot that's gone through you've gone through in your past, a lot of adversity, you have anger, you have a lot of sadness in your life, etc. It all actually stems from one thing in my own mind, which is fear. And the beautiful thing about fear is it's it's two part. It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. What I want people to understand is the moment that you feel limited by something, there's a good chance that fear is stepping in. And fear is actually false evidence or false emotions appearing real. So we've created Check something. Check that out. Not on Pinterest. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> um, and I, I, can't, I can't claim that that's mine whatsoever. It's, it's false evidence that we've created in our mind. So we've created a scenario that has yet to even happen yet. And then we step back if, and we step back and we see that and realize that we've created something that has not even occurred yet. We've already created this false reality. That's the problem. So instead of seeing fear that way, see fear like this. Face everything and rise. So the moment you hit that limitation, do not see lim limitation. I, with the crap that I've been through in my life, I, I don't see limitations anymore. What I do is when limitations come my way, I see them as opportunities. This is a chance for me to grow. This is a chance for me to improve. And this is a chance for me to learn something that can actually affect someone else's life. And I think she would define that as wholehearted living, right? In the way right. that she describes it. I was listening to her recently on a podcast where she said she has over 11,000 pieces of data and she was talking about how courage is there was not one example where courage was not born from fear and vulnerability so to be courageous isn't this great you know you've just got it or you have it or you don't it was from a place of responding to fear responding to fear and i saw a thing literally on pinterest that i yeah i joking about putting that on pinterest this thing i did actually see on pinterest and it said um, worrying is literally betting against yourself. And I, yeah. it kind of yeah brings up a little bit first full circle to what you were saying. And she also, it brings to mind too that she mentioned hope being an act of courage. So hope is not an emotion. Mm. Hope is an act of courage too. I, I think people really shy away. I think it, I think we can talk about this all day long. And again, I don't want to get too deep into this <laughs> yeah. for like ending the the podcast. But Joy literally always. Does I this. always like, do this. Just like it just well, it's like well, it's <laughs> okay, we have about five minutes left. But I just like, want to hear about like the biggest struggle you've ever been through and how you got out of that. But like in like just quick. But it's just because we like we've we've t like I've gotten to know you. It's the end of like it's after an hour of talking to you. I feel like we've bonded. So now I can like really dig into the deep questions, but I, sure, I realize I sure. realize that's like we're just gonna have to we're just have to, gonna have to leave a cliffhanger, and then people will want to come back and listen to the next one. So really, jokes on y'all. 
Um, so, <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that whole piece of our knee jerk reaction is to want to look perfect, is to want to shy away from things that we're not good at, is to want to, you know, not approach that person because we're afraid to talk to them or we're going to be rejected or whatever, whatever, where I think we're both, we're all sitting here saying like, yeah, we need to work on that. We need to go for it and tolerate that failure and know that courage is what's going to get us to what we want. Absolutely. And, and, and you said failure. And just to add this in there, people are so afraid of failure. Like it, for a long time, it was one of my biggest fears. You, you need to fail. You need to fail early. You need to fail often. So that way you're closer to success. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up. I'm going I'm to end it there so Claire doesn't shoot me. <laughs> Ryan, where can everyone find you if they want to find you on social media? Or if they want to check out XWAD. Website. Website. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So thexwad.com. If you're looking to book me for speaking, it's ryanmoody.org. And that's just M-O-O-D-Y, media, right? Media-wise, you can find me on Instagram at The Explosive Coach, on Snapchat as Explosive Coach. M-O-O-D-Y, yes, yes. Like Professor Moody. So usually if you just look up Explosive Coach or The Explosive Coach on social media, you'll find me. Yeah, pre- yeah exactly. Yeah, like Alistair Moody. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> no relation, I imagine. Well, Ryan, stay on the yeah, line. Yeah, uh, stay on the line. We're going to wrap up here on the podcast. You guys can find us at Girls Gone Wad on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're at Girls Gone Wad at Gmail com if you want to shoot us a message we love hearing what you have to say we love your feedback please leave us a review on itunes that lets other people know to listen to us and to find us we have a new website too so check us out girls remember to support our sponsors for athletics that's f-o-u-r athletics.com and you can enter code ggw to get that discount as well as kalo q-a-l-o.com enter code ggw thank you everyone for your support and we'll see you next week Bye. Bye.